Today I'm joined by my friend Sarah Smith. She's a horticulturalist, horticulturalist, that's a hard word to say, and a landscape artist. She's been doing this for over 20 years and she's got a lot of good information for us because I know I love to garden and I've got a lot of questions for her. So welcome to the podcast. I have been bringing in my succulents because I'm a big succulent person. I love succulents and Sarah kind of got me into them too. And, um, I brought them in the house because literally the, the fat, chunky, thick ones, you know, like the withrops and ones like they just explode. They're so full of water. Yeah. They're rotting. They're rotting and they Mm -hmm. just turn to mush, but the other ones are okay. But I just repotted them all and brought them in the house because I literally can't even handle this rain right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's rare that we have to change uh, what we do here because we are so lucky. We get to garden year round and most people don't get to do that. Mm -hmm. And then, then we get rain and we all panic, (laughs) (laughs) but everything looks beautiful except for the succulents. They're not happy. Right. They're not happy. Um, I have a garden outside and it, I have not planted anything in there, but surprisingly that basil plant is alive. We're so lucky. And then, yeah, it's the weather kind of freaks us out, but everything's looking so happy because also it's we're lucky because we get to garden year round, Mm -hmm. but we're unlucky because technically we live in a desert. Right. And Mm -hmm. we're constantly watering. I remember the first time I went back east when I was cognizant of what was going on Mm -hmm. and I was like looking at all these green hills and all this grass everywhere. And I asked my dad, I'm like, how do they water all this? And he laughed at me. I felt so embarrassed. I didn't realize they didn't. Yeah. That's just, you and don't like, have to. Thunderstorms every two days. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, we have to irrigate everything. Yes. Here. So everything's really, really happy looking from all this rain. Mm-hmm. So it's all very happy. And have you had an East Coast, Pennsylvania, find ripened tomato? I have. They're delicious. The first time I ate one, I was pretty young. I hated it. Yeah. Because it didn't taste like a store taste like a store-bought, right. And my dad was, again, I embarrassed him all the time as a child. <laughs> he was so bad at me because we were at this table and they were all excited to give me this gorgeous tomato and I was just like, Ew, yeah, this is horrible. Oh, now I'm like, is it vine ripened? Oh, I can't wait to eat it. Yeah. yeah. We sell vine ripened. I'm doing air cords right now. You can't see me. <laughs> and they're not. The no, same they're thing. not the same. No, no, you just can't do that. Here. You can't do it. Mm-mm. And I noticed too the tomatoes that I grow here in California. I always end up getting some sort of plant that's not resistant to that that mold frostiness mm-hmm. disease, and mm-hmm. it creeps up the plant and it kills it. Mm-hmm. But my mom can grow crazy tomatoes in Pennsylvania. We're too close to the ocean. That's a big part of it. Oh. Listen to me bitching again. I oh, know. We're too close oh, to the ocean. Oh, oh, it's the raining ocean right now, so but my cool. basil's happy. It's right? February. <laughs> I can walk to the beach in 30 minutes. It's it's the marine layer that gets us here. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, can we talk about that a little bit? So yeah. anybody here in California, what plants will do well? And for me, I have like no sun in my yard. That's your big problem. Right? So what plants will do well for us people here on the West Coast that, you know, we can have in our yard or in our gardens? Well, we we can grow pretty much anywhere, anything uh, it's just about where we're at, um, and being so close to the ocean like we are, uh, the marine layer kind of gets us. So basically, one thing I've been telling people lately is anything with a fuzzy looking leaf mm-hmm. is going to be more susceptible to mildew problems. Interesting. And this goes with everything because right now it's it's prime time for us to start planting 
uh, roses and things. Mm. And I'm finding that in the spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting them bare root style. Okay. Know, I still do that here. And, um, the roses with the, sh- the shinier leaves tend to not have as many rust and mildew problems as the ones that have the more velvety looking sure. leaf to it. Okay. Uh-huh. So a lot of people worry about that because of the marine layer and tomatoes you think about the leaves they're kind of fuzzy they are kind of fuzzy squash pumpkins mm-hmm. all that stuff have that fuzzy leaf to oh, it that's right mm-hmm. yeah squash and pumpkins exactly but if you're just a little bit more inland you're okay mm-hmm. but yeah we we don't have a downtime here we really right. don't even mm-hmm. with this rain we don't have a downtime we mm-hmm. get to we literally garden year-round here mm-hmm. i have kale and broccoli and i don't have to worry about what the the time period is before my first frost because we don't we don't get that. Yeah, we never and a lot get of people frost. have to plan out. Oh my god, the first frost yeah, the is going to happen, frost, and I'm going right, to sow right, these right. seeds, and it's never going to come into maturity. But that's not a problem here, mm-hmm. amazingly <laughs> enough. And we get to do everything year round. I have peas growing mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all the green leafy, gorgeous green leafy stuff mm-hmm. is super happy. Okay, cool. Garden. And they're so happy with all the rain that we've been getting. I've got turnips that are just going bananas right now they're so beautiful okay so for me like i said i have no sun in my Mm -hmm. yard what are like the top three Mm -hmm. plants and top three vegetables that i can grow with very little sun Hmm. that's rough that's rough that's honestly really rough kale kale chard chard does okay Uh uh-huh um but you can't do it in deep, deep shade. Strawberries can take like half. Like partial shade. Yeah, like yeah. Half, like in a little couple hours a day. Yeah. Strawberries would be okay with that. You could probably still get away with like all the broccoli, especially like broccoli rab and stuff like mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. is just a fancy way of saying that broccoli doesn't come to a head. Right. Which is funny because <laughs> it's like, like flowered broccoli. broccoli. Rab, but yeah. it's, it's really just a broccoli that doesn't make a full head. Okay. Those, those do okay. Um, even like you could probably get away with the peas. All the snap peas okay. and things like that, sugar hmm. snap peas and stuff. Peppers? Mm. No. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. More sun for peppers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Peppers, tomatoes, want a lot, a lot of sun. sun. Um, That's a bummer. Because I, I don't know. eat kale. Me and kale equals... <laughs> <laughs> I love kale so much. Oh, I can't It's like do one it. of my favorites. Ugh. One of my favorites. All the lettuces, all the lettuces do really well. Mm-hmm. So anything in the cruciferous... Yes, realm. that's equaled to Joni's tummy no-no family. Know, but they all do good in your yard. So. And all the, all the, um... I should just grow and donate. Yeah, give it to me, I'll take it. Okay, because you <laughs> give me your vegetables. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And then plants, you, well, I, I think, um, you've told me to grow herbs. Yeah, herbs do well, certain, well, certain herbs do well. Um, but really, like... The the basil you have is it actually a perennial basil, and that's a, and most people wouldn't ever have a perennial basil because of the frost and the snow. But right. we there's a particular basil around here. It's the blue African basil that's perennial, mm. and so it never dies, even when it goes to flower. So normally you're pinching, pinching, pinching. You're hoping that it never flowers, and you're gotta stay on top of it because as it starts getting really warm, it really goes crazy. Yeah, the flowers like instant. Yeah. But the and and then the plant dies. And right, you're just like oh, <laughs> but um. The African blue basil is a perennial basil hmm. around here, and it does really, really well. And that one you can do in the partial shade. Chives, chives are one of my favorite, favorite herbs. Really, ever to grow. chives in this temperatures I are love good. Chives. There's onion chives. There's garlic. There's a Korean chive mm. that we've been 
uh, experimenting with lately that's really cool. It's got like a flat, broad leaf to it. But what I really like about chives, first off, you can chop it up and put it on anything. It makes it instantly pretty. It's like green confetti. Yes, <laughs> green like, confetti. You know, all over yes. your stuff. It makes everything look beautiful. Mm-hmm. But when it flowers, um, it makes this little pink or white little tufty flower. And the flowers are edible. Yeah. So they're really pretty. So you pull all the flowers off and then you sprinkle it on things and you instantly look like you're a gourmet genius because you've got oh. all this green and little pink or little white flowers. And they're oniony as well? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. They, they taste totally fine. You can do that with basil flowers as well, but sometimes it's a little crunchy too strong and, yeah. and weird like texture. Thick. Yeah, yeah. Thick. It's like a textural thing. So that's good for West Coast. What about, like, East Coast vegetables? Would chives do well there? And the same things you're telling me with partial shade, would the same rules apply? Or would they have even better opportunities with certain things? Um, or worse? The, I think, actually, the, the same rules would kind of apply there. Um, but, again, they're not going to be able to... There's going to be big gaps of when they can plant this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but really here we have, when the sun's out, it's strong. Yeah, so we're able to kind of get away with shade stuff a little bit better because our sun is so intense mm-hmm. um, sometimes. So when if it's getting half day sun, especially if it's getting afternoon sun, you can get away with a lot more that way than morning sun because you're getting that hot, dry sun all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, East Coast wise, um, still the same rules would apply. You pop open any book. When, yeah, if you still have books, you know what those are. <laughs> Google, Google. You, I know I'm old. Uh, if you Google things and things, you you'll be able to find that. But still, peppers, tomatoes, no go for shade. No they go really, for shade. They really need a lot. No of No matter sun. where you live, pretty much. No. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I've got critters. I've got squirrels. I've got rats. Um, I'm sure birds do their damage and all those nasty bugs and stuff, but what's a good critter deterrent that's safe and like not going to hurt me too? If we discover this right now, we'll be millionaires. (laughs) There's nothing. (laughs) Really, there's nothing. It's, uh, it's physical deterrent is really the best. I mean, there's all these weird, like, oh, tie garlic bulbs onto the plant or sprinkle cayenne or table pepper and... Uh, there's like sprays that you can put on and they all smell horrendous and yeah. then it rains or you water cause it's your plants and you right. got to water them and then it all goes away. So there's, there's uh, not, there's for, for critter, critters that are fuzzy or yeah anything other than bugs, there's not a whole lot you can do. Netting. I have rats. Netting. I yeah. have rats really you bad right now. Too? Yeah. And mm. I, I put traps out. I've, uh, I put bird netting around the whole entire tomato and mm-hmm. then they just got all up underneath it and because no. i didn't do a great job it was impossible to get it around right. this full-grown tomato mm-hmm. um so then i cut it into tiny little squares and i like bundled it up around each little cluster mm-hmm. but like the second it would show color i'd come and half of it would be gone no and that's how you know it's a rat too because if it's a squirrel they're going to take the whole thing, typically. Okay. If it's a rat, they're going to eat it while it's still on the plant. They're, like, lazy. They don't want to take it away oh. and eat it. So they'll just eat, and you'll find, like, little holes in it. Um, and so I I did that. That kind of worked, but mm-hmm. they still figured it out 
in some instances. And it was rats. I know, they're super bad. Those I, dirty rats. And I thought it was squirrels, and then I figured out, oh, God, no, it's a rat. Gross. <laughs> well, you can just be like me and just build an entire cage around your garden. Yes, like a prison. The only thing is I don't get any sun, so nothing grows in there. No, it's this whole big thing that she's built. It's insane. And how do you get in there? <laughs> there are two doors that lock. Yeah, she's... One on either side. Yeah, you figured it out. I built this of. in a day. But then it grows out the top. It does. It's not still, tall enough. It's still flowers, and then they still... Yeah. I had a tomato, two tomato plants that yeah. grew up and out of the cage, mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, there go the tomatoes. Yeah. There's there's really not a lot to do, unfortunately. No. There's stinks. I know. Yeah. It, it, my, my tomatoes last year were... I got 25% of them. Wow. Maybe. It was really... You had to, like, it was hard bad. to catch them. Yeah, and I put traps out, and I put... Um, what about, like, your blueberries? I always feel like you've got blueberries on your bush. And you know, they don't really bug that. They don't care about those? Much. Hmm. But they like the grape. They go after the grape. Oh, time. oh, those grapes. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, co- the Concord grapes, or what kind of gra- yeah, grapes are those? Yeah, they are a Thelma Concord grape that my great, 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 great uncle... No, I don't know. Somebody great. Like somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... He would make his own varieties. He'd cross-pollinate and make all his different oh varieties. Goodness. And he made that one and named it after um, my great-aunt. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the Thelma grape. And I have, like, one of three. I think there's only three left cool. out there right now. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so it's kind of neat to have kind of an heirloom sort of thing like that. Like in your yard. In yard. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't go after the blueberries very bad. They go after my satsuma, mm-hmm. and that really makes me mad. They eat. Yeah. They just... They rip it apart and then just eat the pieces out. Oh and then they go to pick it and it's a hollow piece. There's nothing inside it. Oh, Do I have bastards. to come over and build a whole thing around your Let's garden? Biodome. Biodome? I'm into that. Let's okay, that. so there's this company called Shift Pod. And they make a Ooh. grow pod, which is ultimately Ooh. like a pop-up igloo. And awesome. you can like a little uh, greenhouse. Mm-hmm. And you can like zip the door shut and like protect your plants, Ooh, vent it. That. It's really cool. But if you do want me to come over, I will, for okay. for a small fee. <laughs> I require the vegetables that you grow. Okay. Because I, can I literally that. can't survive off of what I I have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I still do too. And, and yeah, and in in California, we just don't have a lot of space. Yeah, that's one of the big problems too. Yeah. So you know where's amazing is the South. Oh, I know. Uh, They've got oh, so got these victory gardens victory that they're gardens. showing their pictures of, and I'm drooling, and I'm looking at all the like oh, good. Instagram pictures. And the flowers they can grow. They down don't there. even water them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so amazing. It's so beautiful. Uh, it's so beautiful, and I think they've got so much more access to, you know, like we can't just go find like really good compost and manure and no, all that. No, like no, Mm-mm. it's just a, a minute away down there. I know it's so amazing. So lucky. I know. I'm I'm really legitly thinking about pulling out more lawn because mm-hmm. also it's it's irresponsible to have lawn here, right. honestly. But yeah. I don't have a. I literally don't have very much. No, and you so don't. I'm thinking about taking even more out and building. She's got about sixty square feet a yard. <laughs> and I'm thinking about ripping out some more of that because I've got the black pug. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't yeah. need any space. No, he doesn't even need he to go outside technically. Right. <laughs> But I want to pull out more and and make more beds. I think that would be nice. That would be really cool. Yeah.
you have been doing these really cool like landscapes. You do landscape art and everything. Mm-hmm. But you were telling me about like vegetable scapes. Ooh, foodscaping. And foodscaping. Yeah. Like what's that all about and like how does that work? I love And can anybody do it? I yeah. I love, love, love this idea. If you Google foodscape right now, you'll you'll see some articles that pop up about it. Um and it it's really come from a lot of places like you go into like New York and then Brooklyn and stuff and people are building these uh, beds on top of buildings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, too, they have a lack of space. So when people have a lack of space, they want to grow their own food. They're trying to make the way they grow food visually appealing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people think that growing vegetables and stuff is such a utilitarian sort of thing and they're not pretty and, and really they are. So mm-hmm. people are learning that they can plant in a visually appealing way stuff that actually produces so they can have the visual aesthetic they can have the beauty of it Mm -hmm. um and then still have functionality so around here what a lot of people have been doing and i've been been pushing this for such a long time and i think people are finally starting to get it Mm -hmm. um now that foodscaping is a term that i just discovered just a couple months ago i Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god i've been talking about this forever (laughs) um people are mixing herbs into their ornamental landscaping because oh. they're really, really pretty. And I've been pushing people to do You've that been for doing such a that. long Here time. You are. Yeah. Yeah. And and things like chives are so gorgeous and all the different kinds of sages and stuff. Yes. And there's the tricolored sage mm-hmm. and the bicolored the sage and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all that stuff's so beautiful. And I've been sneaking little things like that into people's gardens without like really making it a big deal. And now people are basing their whole entire garden with plants mm-hmm. that they can produce from so mm-hmm. they can have things like artichokes and making a hedge instead of out of like a boxwood hedge which you're just going to cut and have green waste constantly not really get anything from it Interesting. people are making hedges out of like uh, pineapple guavas and blueberries and things like oh, that so blueberries. yeah so they're ripping out their just mm-hmm. ornamental green mm-hmm. water sucking green wasting like thing piney. yeah that do nothing yeah and they're they're planting them with things that actually produce stuff and i think that's awesome there's that's so, so many gorgeous trees that you can plant there's you know, all the peaches and stuff are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here you're lucky to have one tree in your yard. And if right. you are going to have one tree in your yard, why not have a red barren peach? Which right. is going to be phenomenal. A lot of flowers. Right. You actually get something out of it. Um, I love, love, love that idea. I mm-hmm. did a whole entire garden recently mm-hmm. of all vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Wow. But I made this ornamental, this beautiful ornamental garden. It's mm-hmm. so pretty. And people walk by and they're like, well, that's so gorgeous. And then they realize, oh, that's all veggies. Yeah. That's all stuff I can eat. Wow. <laughs> and they don't really realize that. And it attracts pollinators to the yard. I was it attracts say, the yeah. bees must be so yeah. happy. The bees, the birds. And then having something like that for your whole entire family, you know, especially if you have a small space and you never thought you could have a vegetable garden or Mm -hmm. you just confine it to a small little corner of the yard, like it's naughty or something. I think that brings a whole family into it because you see that sense of abundance. You see all the like gorgeous stuff that's growing and it, it sparks this new pride and, and being able to give stuff away. It gives you a sense oh, of that's community so nice. sharing with your friends. I love that. Your, I, I love to share. I love community I gardens. It's fabulous. I think that's, I love it. It teaches your kids so much too. If you can take your child right. out and garden with them 100%. and teach them about the cycle of life and mm-hmm. like 
seasons and what you can eat and how yeah. to, you know it's just so much fun and kids go into the store and they're like buy a package of blueberries they don't really understand like how long right it takes to pick them all how much it like you know we grow a blueberry bush and i go out and i pick and i maybe get a handful right. <laughs> i don't realize that whole little package takes so much a long I think time it's a good thing for kids to to grow up around that as well and it just makes it a whole family experience i really That's like awesome. I like that. Cool. I want everybody to do that. Rip out yes. your lawn. Rip out your <laughs> ugly plants. Rip them out. They aren't doing anything good for you, and you just have to cut them and throw them away constantly and plant things you can eat. Love it. Plant things that are beautiful. Well, Sarah, I think we can talk about this forever. Literally, there's so much more I think we should get to. Would you Seriously. please come back? Yes. I have so much plant knowledge I want to share with you all. Yes. If you have anything specific you <laughs> want Sarah to cover, she's more than happy to you know get specific. So go to the website, littlebitpodcast.com. Leave some comments on the blog so that we can ask Sarah some more specific gardening content. I think everybody can appreciate gardening in, in so many ways. So That'd be great. Yes. Yay. Cool. Thank you, Sarah. All right. Thank you. The Little Bit Podcast is recorded and produced in Orange County, California. The music you hear is from Sleep North America, available on SoundCloud. Hey, become a patron on patreon.com slash the little bit podcast so we can keep making really cool podcasts just for you. The Little Bit Podcast is a weekly podcast. We'll see you next Friday.